And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Walking Dead. Hello and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday. This is Walking Dead Wednesday number eight. I'm Chris Honeywell and I am here with my three co-hosts, Michael Bailey. Hello. Scott Gardner. Hey. <laughs> Slick. Hey. And Sean Engel. Hello there. Scott, you have that greeting sample thing down. Hey. <laughs> You d- it does sound like a soundboard, doesn't it? Like yes, Chris- he does. He's like the human soundboard. Brains. Every, every brains you do is interchangeable. Brains. When I put, when I throw them up on the editing board, sometimes I bring the old brains out. When you the don't new throw up on your editing board, and you yeah. can never tell. You know, if you if you can't if you can't keep your shit in, you shouldn't be doing anything like that. And that's all I'm gonna say. It's organic, man. Yeah, yeah, it just has a natural yeah, field to well, it makes. You know, that's somebody why the podcast sounds so natural, man. Yeah, somebody else I was recording with was telling me the other night the the same thing, and I didn't believe it when he said it. So, <laughs> puke isn't usually the the bodily fluid that you have to worry about around computer equipment with most people, is what I've. From what I've heard, <laughs> Ew. I have anyway, no idea what you're talking about. Man. I know you have no possible conception of what I, I'm talking. about. He has no about, idea what you're talking about. And the garden, it's oh, goddamn it! There's Josh. You're just a babe in the woods. <laughs> No, because what you guys don't understand is in the gardener house there is tissues by the computer. <laughs> Sorry, I have a cold. You know, actually, I've been to his house, and there aren't tissues by the computer. There's, you, you, you ever been into like the bathroom? Usually, there's a, a like a Chinese that stands restaurant. Up on its own? <laughs> no, there's, oh Jesus! <laughs> there's one of those. There's one of those pull towels where it loops back up around. <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's all just crunchy. He's got a guy uh, who comes in once a month and switches it out, you know, takes it to the laundry and they got a whole plan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's uh let me steer this conversation away from bodily fluids and onto this comic book which is The Walking Dead Wednesday. Or well, The Walking Dead number 40 45. And uh Boy, I brought everything down. Dude. We were all jolly and talking about our ejaculate, and then good okay, job. Man. Then back to business. Okay. Way to bring we it. We were talking about we were talking about somebody somebody's ejaculate. We were talking <laughs> right. about <my> ejaculate. <laughs> well, we hadn't got a chance yet. That's why. Let's, let's keep this shit real. I mean, come on. <laughs> all right. Well, Mr. Sean Engel has has crafted a um, a scintillating uh, synopsis. You... I didn't even mean to alliterate. You, you give me far too much credit, sir. Um, okay, here we go. Walking Dead 45. We got a cover date of December 2007, a release date of uh, October 1st, 2007. Uh, all the same people, Kirkman, Adler, Rathburn, and Wooten on creator, writer, penciler, Greytones cover, and letterer. So it starts out with, Still reeling from the attack, Alice barks orders at the still-standing survivors, telling them to get Rick and Andrea to the operating room and to find Lori and the rest of the children. 
We then cut to a bandage Andrea, or Andrea, I don't know how to pronounce her name, groggily asking if they won. Dale tells her that they aren't in the clear yet, but she was damn lucky. The bullet just grazed the side of her skull, just enough to tear out some hair and give her a scar. In the next room, Alice is taping up Axel's upper arm, saying that the bullet went through clean, but to take it easy because he won't be able to move it for a while. Axel asks about Rick, and Alice says he's stable, but he's lost a lot of blood. We cut to a meeting of the survivors in the infirmary. Alice says that they need to get she needs to get blood samples from everyone so she can type and cross-match them. Then Patricia pipes up, saying that she has type O negative, the universal donor blood type, and Alice preps her to have her blood transfused. Later, we see Alice, Lori, and Judith in a room with the recovering Rick. Saying that the transfusion worked and that his pulse and vital signs are good, Alice says that he will do, that she will do anything that she can to help. Lori asked her to let Carl in as she leaves, and turning to her husband, Lori lets the anxiety of their dilemma wash over her. Meanwhile, plans are being hatched around the prison. Dale and Andrea are talking about leaving in the RV and taking whoever wants to go with them. Michonne and Tyrese are thinking about taking a making a surgical strike on the governor's men. Michonne believes that if they can take out a few more of their people, maybe the governor will turn tail and leave the survivors alone. Willing to risk it, the duo armor up in riot gear and head out in the direction the people of Woodbury retreated in. But all the plans are not being met with such approval, as Lori questions why Dale wants to leave. Dale says that this place is worth fighting for, and he wants to get Lori and her kids out of here. Lori asserts that she's not splitting up with her family again, not after what they've been through. Dale acquiesces, but he says that he's going to take Sophia, whether Lori likes it or not. Sometime later, we see Andrea, Dale, Sophia, and the twins heading out for the RV. Before they can leave, Glenn runs up to Dale and asks Maggie if he can tag along. Dale welcomes the company of adults, and Glenn runs off to pack his belongings. Maggie gives her father Herschel a farewell hug just before they open up the gates to let the RV out. And as the group drives away, Herschel lets out an unexpected expletive. Shocked by his devout father's outburst, Billy says that he understands why he's upset about them leaving. But Herschel replies it isn't that at all. He feels like this will be the last time he will ever see Maggie. Later on, Herschel is planning the placing the stolen hand grenades behind a strategic line of cars near the fence. Saying that they were outnumbered the last time before everyone decided to leave, Billy wonders how all of this is going to work. Herschel isn't afraid, though, because he knows that they have the Lord on their side. And Axel just hopes that the Lord brings more hand grenades. At the same time, Alice and Lori are wondering when Rick will wake up. Uh, nearby in the forest, Tyrese and Michonne have found the people of Woodbury, and the African-American assassin leaps and slices through an unsuspecting man's skull mid-piss break. But before they can dispose of the headless piddler, the two are spotted, and Tyrese tackles the gunman before he can put a rifle round into Michonne. Alerted by the gunshots, Gabe and the hunters spread out to try and find their quarry. Before, but before they can get too far, Michonne leaps from behind a fallen tree, raising her katana over her head and screaming, Now! Back at the infirmary, Lori and Carl are keeping bedside watch over Rick. Lori tells Carl how Rick once got into a fight with five other guys who was picking on his little brother. It was a fight that he didn't win, but he didn't care. It was This was the kind of man that Rick was. He did what was right, even if it got him hurt. 
and before Lori can break into tears, Rick raises a hand to her cheek and tells her not to cry. Saying it was just a scratch, Rick wants to hold his baby daughter and assess the situation. Walking on Dale's crutches, Rick marvels at the ingenuity of moving the cars in and placing grenades behind him. He starts making plans himself when he's told about all the people who left. Worriedly, Rick wonders how they'll be able to pull this off. Meanwhile, the governor is chillaxing with his bros when Gabe and his posse stride up with a Tyrese in tow. Demanding to know what happened to the girl who was with him, the governor presses Gabe for an explanation. Gabe says after they captured Tyrese, the girl broke free and ran off into the woods. So Gabe did the sensible thing rather than chase her. He blew her fucking brains out. And that is a lengthy uh, synopsis of uh, Walking Dead number 45. I'm surprised you were able to do it that that quickly. It's this is a dense issue. Oh yeah. No, yeah. All I know is now we have the phrase headless piss piddler. <laughs> headless piddler. I th- I, th- I thought that was like a that was like a Poe story. It was kind of uh, kind of akin to the uh, <laughs> Ichabod Crane thing. You know? I was just gonna say I want to see that guy chasing Ichabod Crane now. <laughs> well, I love it when they ch- they. They don't just decapitate him. They decapitate him right at the jawline, and you can see the stream of piss just <laughs> still coming up. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> As a, he's getting... You're supposedly, after you die, you still lose all sphincter muscle control. So, yeah, it would still probably be coming out, yeah. Yeah, he had a head start on it, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank goodness we didn't have to watch stuff coming out the other end. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, this was a dense issue. Uh... I don't think there's more than a couple of times where there is a page that is spent on more than just one scene. Uh, aside from the uh, bit of Michonne and Tyrese in the forest taking out the governor's men, it's all different scenes put together. We've got, you know, uh, Andrea in bed, then moving to patching up Axel, and it's there's a lot of stuff going on this issue and uh it's 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 also kind of an issue where it's not really one of those waiting issues it's not one of those downtime issues but it's one of these issues that i like to consider a a what if issue where everyone is having these different ideas of what they should do and unfortunately with rick out of the uh out of the situation yeah, it's not united at all. It's all just sort of happening in different directions. Some people are leaving and yeah, there's, uh, there's making plans, brash plans. And uh, unfortunately, when when there isn't a unified leader at least there to confirm or you know say no to what's what these people are planning on doing, it usually ends up you know things getting people getting in trouble. Well, yeah, I mean, Rick's Rick's out of action, and then you got Tyrese and and Michonne, who are the two, you know, definitely the biggest badasses that they've got in their arsenal. Well, and uh, Andrea too, and she's she's down. So that puts everybody who's pretty much a badass or the baddest asses of the badasses out of the picture, and and then you've got. You know, um, Dale leaving, who's sort of like the brains. You know, uh, you know Rick's 
like right hand man as far as brains and plotting goes and he's he's gone and then and then Glenn's gone so yeah you've just sort of got chaos Rick's Rick's up and and hobbling about at the end but he's he took a gut shot so he's not you know he can sort of hobble around and and walk and talk but he can't he can't kick ass yeah and so, uh, they, the, the the fact that they're down to to Billy as their only uh rifle person up in the tower yeah does does say something I mean no offense to Billy he seemed to be one of the better shots when they were uh working with the group shooting you know a few issues back but he's not Andrea yeah and he's not even Glenn uh it it makes and, the situation uh, it gives a, a bit of hopelessness to the situation yeah i'm i'm a little surprised that andrea like chose to leave actually to tell you the truth because she's just sort of such an important strategic part of their survival <laughs> in almost every plan at least in any plan to defend the the prison mhm well, and that's that's the thing that you know her devotion to Dale versus her devotion to the rest of the survivors is you know is an interesting part of the story, mm-hmm. and that the fact that she chooses leaving with Dale over helping these people out is I don't know I, I guess it's a a natural decision, and Dale just was very convincing to her, you know, and I, I think, think also with her being just taking a bullet to the head and, you know, surviving it might give her some cause to, you know, kind of uh, get out of this situation. (laughs) I think the kids are a big part of that decision. I think if if it was just simply her and Dale and Dale proposed running off at a time like this, I think that she would have fought him, you know, and really resisted that idea. But I think it's the fact of these, these children you know are in danger and you know this this is like your last opportunity to basically you know take the escape pod before you know everything goes down so they're going to take that that opportunity you know they're going to leave now save the children you know before anything bad can happen so i i think if those kids weren't part of the equation that i i don't think she could be persuaded this easily to leave because I, I, you're that. you're right she is, you know, she is a vital part, you know, has been a vital part of the defense that they set up. So she has to realize that, you know, leaving, you know, really leaves them open because nobody's as good a shot as she is. She's literally, she's basically their old, she's, they've got people who could shoot, but she's a sharpshooter, you know, right. she's a long distance, pick them off. And that, you know, that's really, that was their saving grace on that uh, when, when they attacked in the last issue is... Mm-hmm. You know, that's what spread fear and panic amongst everyone, including the governor. You know, that was the first time we saw a crack in the governor, you know, in the governor, except when Michonne was having at him. Well, but, right. That's another thing at the end of the at the end of the book. You know, uh, we get the governor. He, he doesn't care about Tyrese. You know, it's Michonne that he wanted yeah. to make sure was gone because Michonne, he doesn't want her out coming after him. No, I she knows think. that. Or he, he knows that she will. That she wants to finish the job. That you know, 
she she's uh, she's probably the biggest threat to him, you know. Aside from Andrea, you know, if from I'm sure a long just, range thing, just no, the thought of her makes many parts of his body like <laughs> sting instantly. Just you know, thinking about her, in, including his uh, schwanker, which yeah. she, you know, I mean, when somebody nails your schwanker to a board, you tend to get a little probably post traumatic shock. I hate <laughs> when that happens. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little uncomfortable with the term schwanker. I, schwanker? Find, it be, I, f- I find it to be extremely anti-Semitic. And I Can I use stop. crank? What about crank? <laughs> Wang. No, Wang's, Wang's offensive. Wang's Asian. Oh, Can't do that either. Sorry. Aren't the schwankers <laughs> those people that you see on street corners holding like a fireman's boot and taking up collections for like burn victim kids or something? No, that's what you no. get on your lips when you have herpes. Oh, okay. no, schwankers, schwankers are those. Are... Schwankers are the fucking customers that you go, can I get you anything else? No. Oh, wait, I have five other questions for you. <laughs> See, sir, you said no, therefore we had a contract. And that contract stated that you were done. Now get the fuck out of my face. Exactly. You fucking schwanker. <laughs> you fucking schwanker. <laughs> now I'm going to think of that every You're time not bitter happens. about your work, are you, Michael? Uh, today, Yes. Okay, I think there I should be a down. cereal called Schwanker Oats myself. <laughs> <laughs> Schwanker Oats? I hardly even know her. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. this show is doomed from the beginning, wasn't it, guys? <laughs> to just go, <laughs> to go south at any given point. Well, you know, speaking about the kids, I can agree with you, Scott, that... Uh, <laughs> That was smooth, man. We I'm need trying to find to a copy. We need to find a copy of the song "Anchors Away" and redo it as "Schwankers Away." Schwankers away, my friend. Schwankers away. God. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh, it's in free fall. I'm free. It's not a Walking Dead Wednesday without singing. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna try and bring it. Scott argued that point, but okay. We could get the Um, Michael Schwenker band to the Michael Schwenker band to record it. Uh, At least, at least we have an album cover. So. Actually, Schwanker, Schwanker's Away would be like the governor's theme song, actually. That's probably what Michonne was humming as she uh, did her duty. <laughs> you said do. Um, to slightly disagree with you, Sean, uh, but not really, if that makes any oh. sense. No, 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 go ahead. I do think this is a downtime issue. It's just one that is denser than most of his other downtime issues. Uh, we're between the action and things are kind of happening but the plot really isn't progressing at any kind of fast pace we're not into you know the shit truly hitting the fan of this story so uh, which says a lot because at the end of it you think Michonne's dead and Tyrese is in the governor's hands you know so it's it ends on a pretty intense. It note. does. I, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that for most of the issue, it's people standing around talking. Yes, mm-hmm. there's about. I this might be the most dialogue of any issue so far. I think 
And that isn't to say that that's not entertaining. That's not to say that Robert Kirkman, you know, Robert, Robert Kirkman's a good writer, so he makes it yeah. work, kind of engrossed into it. You know, the the the, the thing about this episode, um, issue sode, um, that got to me the most was the story about Rick defending his brother. Oh yeah, I mean that that was that was the thing that I kind of latched on to uh, in terms of you know my emotional grounding of the issue. Uh, having said all that, I, I, I do kind of like how even though the dialogue is rather dense, it's very brisk and it goes quickly. You know, this is, it will take you longer to read this issue, but it's basically the difference between, um, you know, having a brand muffin and an entire Mexican dinner of how long it takes you to read. If you, if you get what I'm saying there, um, because usually you can knock out an issue of walking dead while you're on the can. So I was just going to say, yeah, well, I think I think the fact that it switches between uh, characters so mm-hmm. frequently that it really doesn't stay on one character all that much, even though there is a lot of dialogue coming from coming from the book, it's split up between uh, different characters delivering that dialogue, and that allows it to flow a lot better. It doesn't keep you centered in on just uh, Rick and Lori, you know, fretting over what's going to happen to him. There's also, you know, them dealing with Alex and Michonne and Tyree, or Axel and uh, Michonne and Tyrese and uh, Dale Andrea. So everyone is delivering a lot of dialogue in this. And the fact that you're not focusing in on just one part of it, that's the ensemble thing that makes it flow a lot quicker. I'll agree with that. But I really, I really didn't have too many notes on this one. Uh, just... Um, I liked this, like I said, I like the story of Rick's brother. I like the doctor's name who just completely escaped me. Alice. Um, Alice kind of taking charge and telling everybody what's what. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been kind of, she's been kind of hanging back for most of the, the story so far. And it had a good cliffhanger ending. It's that, it's that kind of thing that'll keep you going for a month, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Cause this, I mean, let's face it. This, this series is, is meant to be read in trade that that's how it's designed. I mean, that's where Kirkman makes his money off of this. So to see them, um, end on a cliffhanger that if you had to wait a month, it would kill you, uh, was kind of yes. surprising. Although he's been doing that, a a, a bit <laughs> lately. <laughs> yeah. In, in recent issues. Yeah. There have been more cliffhanger, cliffhanger endings where you're wondering, how how are they going to recover from this or you know what exactly is going to go on here but it it is a good cliffhanger and i think i think we're getting to a point where things are ramping up more and more that cliff that that the books are going to end on these sort of either shocking moments or cliffhanger moments so uh, it's kind of it's coming to a head you know them bringing Tyrese in to uh, to the governor is definitely something to get worried about. Yeah, Tyrese, Tyrese and Michonne going down is like a really, really bad thing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Especially Michonne. Tyrese can't, Tyrese can't shoot worth shit. Michonne mm-hmm. can kill everybody in the room. Yeah, so, yeah. She's we, got the eye no. of the tiger. She's got the, the fire in her belly for sure. 
Well, and Tyrese is the one you want to take to the zoo. So. Yeah, Tyrese is more of the trainer. He was like he's an athlete, so he's like trained more. But Michonne just kind of enjoys killing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, and the the thing is that that final panel on the page where uh, Gabe catches Tyrese and shoots Michonne, uh, it looks like Michonne has the upper hand on him, and I'm wondering how they work that out. But, you know, obviously someone must have gotten the drop on her or whatever because, you know, he says that he killed her at the end of the issue. Well, and she looks like she's about to t- put the blade right down in the middle of his head. I know. So, so you know, how how things worked out to, you know, the governor's men's advantage is kind of surprising. Yes, it's also very strange that it's that it happens off panel, which doesn't often happen in which which makes me think or made me think at the time i was reading this oh she's not dead right right that's a that's a bunch of crap well that's (laughs) and i think that may be one of the things that kirkman's trying to do you know by having it happen off panel that gives you that sort of sense of doubt well is he lying or did it actually happen well that's yeah that's the thing with with kirkman he might be just doing that to make you go oh it's a comic you didn't see her die and then the next page, you know, the next issue could end up with somebody holding up her her skull, you know. You, you never know with him, with him when he's trying to lure you into believing that, you know, it's going to follow the, the, the general tenets of a normal comic book or, or a normal storyline sometimes or, a, you know, a more traditional storyline. So I, I – anytime, like – it seems like something's gonna happen. That's when I start getting worried with Kirkman. That's when I start getting to feel that fear, the actual fear from this comic in the pit of my belly, because I know he's he's cooking up something and he's not gonna let me guess what it is. So, well, and uh, the one thing that I've noticed in in reading, you know, being current to the issues, if you go back and reread the issues prior to something dramatic happening he puts in hints subtle little hints in there to sort of foreshadow what's going to be going on and it it's not obvious it's not it's not you know telegraphed but if you go back and reread stuff sometimes you can see where he might be going with something mm-hmm. i mean it's but he's always very clever about it and he always does the unexpected Expect the unexpected. Yes. You know, it's funny, Mike. You mentioned the trades. I was in the Barnes and local Barnes and Noble the other day, and the co- a the comic section in Barnes and Noble now is out of control. It's just unbelievable. It's more than a lot of comic shops as far as like trades and stuff goes. But when I went to the Walking Dead section, holy free holies. There were probably five times as many Walking Dead trades stocked as anything else there, so it must be moving. It must be moving. It is also almost October. It is October, but it's almost mm-hmm. what, like a week, a yeah, little I think, more than a week away from yeah, the premiere of the se- of the new season. Next Sunday is the premiere, so. So yeah, they might be stocking up for that, but it, I've never, I've never seen comic books stocked like that like Harry Potter books or something so I was very happy to see that 
Speaking of Harry Potter books, somebody posted a picture of it at their Barnes and Noble, but ours has a whole like two walls of, I think it's called Young Adult Supernatural Romance. Yeah, that, a that's section. a genre. That's a genre now. Yes, it's a it's it's a whole uh-huh. section at at our Barnes and Noble. It's literally you can walk into it and have bookshelves that go over your head on two sides of you filled with young adult supernatural romance books. You too can have your wall filled with young adults. They usually put, they usually uh, put you in jail for that, but you know whatevs. Wow. Makes me think we might be in the wrong business. We could write some young adult supernatural romance, couldn't we? And I'm then on he it. Fell in, and then he fell in love with her. And then he didn't fall in love with her. And then some other shit happened. Fifty Shades of Grey. And he sparkled. Motherfucker sparkled. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Don't, oh, that Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't read the whole thing but I read a good chunk of it and I yeah I'm speechless you've explained this I I mean uh, you explained this Michael didn't you what it actually is it's It's, fan fiction it it was fan fiction based on Twilight that Mm -hmm. they they basically said well you can't do that so okay we'll change some names and there you go this guy's name is Fred the Vampire. <laughs> and it got published, and people are... And when he goes out in the sunlight, he, he, oh, he, he glows slightly, or he tinkles a little bit. No, not tinkles. <laughs> no, tinkles the wrong word. Tinkles a bad word. Back off, back off, abort, abort. <laughs> See, that would is, be... Is there something about tinkling in the book? I'm Maybe certain. we should do a vampire story where that's, you know, when the, they drag a vampire out in the sunlight and he pisses his pants and he's like, that's what? what happens when we're in the sunlight. I know it's gotten exaggerated over the centuries, but yeah, um, it's embarrassing, but... Chris, I, I love you to death. I, I really do. But Uh-oh. I've heard your plans for Halloween and I'm never going near you <laughs> around Halloween. I swear before <laughs> almighty God. <laughs> Because you, sir, are a disturbed and deranged individual. Oh, I, 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 we have to, yeah, I have to remember that we have to repost that podcast of <laughs> Scott's in My Dream Halloween. That's right, it's Halloween month, so. Yeah, there's lots of Halloween hijinks coming up. There oh, are. This is, actually, that's good that Walking Dead Wednesday was the first, um, first podcast we recorded for... No, that's not true because we've already got Star Wars Monthly Monday. Never mind, <laughs> I'm a moron. Did <laughs> I should have? I should have got my energy drink today, my go-go juice. Oh, and just off topic, but before I, I have to say this to you, Scott Gardner. Before I forget, you have got to see the latest South Park. Let's just say it involves. Morbidly obese people driving scooters <laughs> and rules about it at Disneyland or Disney World. Oh, God. Mm. And uh, line cutting ahead in lines. And then the, then um, Honey Boo Boo gets, gets uh-huh. mix, thrown into the mix. And I was watching it. I was laughing just for Scott while I was watching it. I'm going, oh, my God, when he sees this, he's going to be so happy. He's just going to be rolling around on the ground like a pig in shit, just going, oh, yes. <laughs> you see what you said? Intrigued. Yeah, it's, 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 like they, it's like they made it 
for you. <laughs> it's like a love letter to Scott Gardner. And let's just say the portrayal of Honey Boo Boo's mother in this. Mwah. <laughs> she, I, I wish Bravo. I didn't even know who that was. I, I'm, you I'm live in America, sick so you know. In the who pit of my stomach, is. that I actually know who that is. I don't feel sick, Scott. I mean, you you lived in Georgia long enough to know what pure, <laughs> unadulterated white trash whiskey tango assholes look like, and you know, there you go. Oh, did I for, did I forget to mention that James Cameron is also <laughs> is also involved uh. in it. <laughs> it's 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 yeah it's wonderful just wonderful because remember we don't need a really badass marvel ride what we really need is an avatar hmm. yeah <laughs> all right we got anything else for walking dead wednesday <laughs> i still haven't seen the show <laughs> No, I think I think we're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> the most tangent-laden episode ever. Yeah, that 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 was that was a smooth that was a smooth segue out, though, Scott. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud I'm of you, pr- man. Yeah, I'm, I, that was that was pretty smooth. <laughs> that was so smooth. The T and the H have formed an F, so it's smooth. Smooth. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I'm going to fade out on that what. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite two true freaks affiliated shows simply click the paypal link on our website donate any amount at all tell us which show you're choosing and what message if any you'd like us to read on your behalf and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener it's that easy and there is no minimum donation Be a show sponsor today.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Test, test, say duh. Good luck.